All right, welcome back to Instructor's Corner, part of the Point Blank Podcast. My, I'm your host, Ken, the cameraman. I'm joined by the founder, Brian. How are you doing tonight, Brian? Very good, Kenneth. I'm also joined by Vance, his son, and also another instructor at Point Blank. How are you doing tonight, Vance? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. So, Brian, Vance, one of the crowning achievements of Point Blank when we first started was the 500-yard range. And over the summer, you recently upgraded it to 750 yards. Yep. Why was that such a big deal? Why do you feel 750 yards needs to be shot? Well, the in our area, as far as that goes, in the, the Brainerd Lakes area, I'll call it, uh, 500 yards is a generally unattainable distance uh, in a safe fashion uh, unless you have you know a pretty large chunk of land yourself. And so that was a huge achievement for us because uh, we were able to uh, offer that to our students uh, and, you know, have, a, like I said, a safe environment is the idea. Uh, we're not shooting across the lake. We're not shooting on some public land where you really can't control the perimeter, uh, things like that. Uh, we had a lot of um, uh, forethought that went into this. Uh, then we upgraded the 750. Uh, that was an even bigger achievement because uh, not only uh, is the 500 nice, but um, you go another couple hundred yards uh, and you're able to prove more of the uh, ballistics or external ballistic um, call it um, uh, forces and whatnot uh, that happen uh, like wind drift the Coriolis effect yeah you pull a drop yep yep and even just dialing in your gun for those distances and in known conditions uh, is a huge help uh, to certain people it's not that they're always going to shoot an animal at a long distance like that but if they can hold a good grouping in good conditions at 750 uh, then it should give them more confidence uh, in hunting at the shorter distances even up to three or four hundred yards uh, should be a lot more confident is the idea uh, and know that uh, they're only going to have so much deviation to be able to take an acceptable shot, uh, even in poor field conditions. You might not always have a good position. You might not always have a known distance to target. Uh, you'll have some estimations of these things, but they can be uh, wild estimations where it can make a huge difference between a good kill shot uh, and a near miss or a, a wounding shot. Uh, and that's what we want to see our people do. Uh, we also don't just have people go through for hunting. They go through for competition or other reasons, uh, sometimes just for you know knowledge. Uh, and the idea here is that uh, we try to get as close as possible uh, before you fire the shot uh, so that we can um, uh, calculate all these things. And with the distances we have, we're able to prove more that not only does the math work at 100 yards, 2, 3, 4, 5, uh, we can go to 750 and show that um, it, it also works, you know, continuing the distances. Uh, what's real impressive is when you shoot out to, you know, 1,000 yards, 1,200 yards, 1,500 yards, or the full mile, 1,760 uh, yards, um, and you place a first round or second round hit, uh, that tells you that your ballistic uh, solution works properly. Uh, and so that's, um, uh, that's kind of our steps towards this. Sadly, we can't stretch any further as of right now. Uh, so 750 is kind of the max for us at the moment, uh, but it's 0.42 miles. I mean, it's a good distance shot. Uh, you've got uh, usually upwards of three quarters of a second of flight time, um, depending on caliber and, uh, and obviously rifle uh, uh, composition. Um, so where I'm going with this is um, uh, it's a... You know, say it's a challenge. You know, even in even in range sterile conditions, it can be a challenge to hit those distances. Uh, and most people's equipment are capable of it. You know, depending on caliber, again, uh, you wouldn't typically shoot a twenty-two long rifle. You know, seven or fifty yards. But uh, I'm sure somebody in the world has done it. <laughs> Just not in our range, I'll say. But um, uh, you know, two, two, three, and stuff like that. They can still reach those distances. Uh, obviously, they're less lethal. Is the idea. Uh, they're still lethal. Just you know, diminished. Wouldn't be a hunting you know shot typically unless you're doing varmints or something. Uh, but it really pushes the fundamentals. It really pushes a lot of the um, the things we teach at the close distances and forces you to understand subtle differences or subtle issues that you have 
they get uh, they get blown out of proportion at those longer distances. So, gotcha. Now, some people might hear 750 yards and be like, "Well, that's gonna suck to walk." Yeah. How do I know if I even hit the target? Right. I mean, it, it's an AR 500 plate, so it's gonna make a ding. But how do I know where it, where I hit the target? Yeah, exactly. No, that's a good point, too. And the range is set up so that we have a uh, steel target at the end. That is your main target you're actually aiming for. Obviously, a large berm uh, surrounding that. And the idea is that uh, the uh, steel target gives us an immediate audible feedback. Uh, the target's also painted, and so we can actually see uh, impacts on that. Um, usually, we use our wireless camera system for that. And so what ends up happening is uh, we actually, with the remote monitoring system, we're able to immediately tell you with um, within about a half a second or so, something like that, uh, exactly where the shot landed compared to your point of aim. Uh, and we can also measure that distance remotely uh, with the camera system. Uh, and so we can get down to about a tenth of an inch of accuracy there, uh, sometimes just a little bit over that. Uh, and the point of that is we can give you immediate feedback on each shot um, and, and realistic movements for each shot. And obviously we can also use some of that data included with uh, other things we look at like wind uh, and whatnot, other external factors uh, besides watching you shoot to say whether the ballistics is off or if we believe that you're doing something fundamentally wrong with your accuracy, like that trigger pull wasn't very good, or if you know the wind conditions have changed significantly, uh, and that's why we're seeing a horizontal deviation, for instance. So there's um, uh, there's a lot of benefits to that camera system. Uh, the steel is just a nice immediate feedback. You know the second after you let go of that, um, that shot uh, that you either have a gong or you don't. <laughs> and it's pretty hard to miss a 4x8 sheet you know, uh, at those distances, but... Uh, it's possible, you know, as far as that goes. Uh, realistically, we keep folks within a three MOA grouping um, once they move uh, from the 100 yard all the way to two, three, four, five, and 750. And so three MOA uh, at 500 yards is just about 15 inches, just a little bit more than 15 inch grouping. Um, we had 750, um, you're talking, um, uh, it's about a 24 inch, 22 inch group, somewhere in that range, um, you know, give or take is the idea. So it's... Uh, Easily achievable is what I'll say, um, if you listen to the instruction and you do well. All right, and Brian, you don't want to add, uh, do you have anything to add? I do, and I think that uh, the 750-yard range is a challenge for a lot of folks. In other words, they uh, they build confidence. Vance kind of touched on that, but I think also, um, you know, with a big confidence booster, you, you realize that the training works, what we're telling you works, the gear works, and... So you, you get this level of confidence that it's hard to get at 100 or 200 or 300 yard shot. And uh, uh, we kind of joke about it. You know, it's like if you're doing a five inch group at 750 yards, how the hell can you miss a deer at 200 yards? Um, you know, I'm sure it's possible. Adrenaline plays a role in this kind of stuff and deflection off branches, that kind of stuff. But in uh, lighting conditions, I just, we have some students drill some nice groups and it's amazing you know, to us, how you would miss a, an animal with a 10-inch kill zone, for example. And uh, and I know you do it. You don't follow fundamentals. That's what we kind of laugh about. Yeah, but, uh, adrenaline spikes and you, yeah, you forget fine. a few things quickly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the fundamentals go out the window and you can't figure out why you missed this thing. And uh, and your deer prances off, for example. But we get a lot of students that uh, uh, enjoy the heck out of it. They, they walk away with a that new level of confidence and they also walk away with uh, an understanding of what it takes skill wise skill level wise to build a nice group at that distance and that's a lot of 
uh, it's fun for us to watch it. You know, they they a little nervous coming to class sometimes and not sure what you know exactly sure what to expect. And then they turn around and, and throughout the day they progress. The skill level increases. Uh, the fundamentals are are hammered into them, and so their their fundamentals are solid. And by the end of the day, if you'd asked them, you know, when they showed up that morning, you know, what kind of group they'd have at seven fifty, and of course they. And most of them will probably say, well, I, I might not even hit the target at 750. And uh, we get some guys drilling some nice holes. And uh, so it's rewarding for us, I'll say, to do that also. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great you know, great uh, um, sport, you know, long-range shooting. doesn't matter how big you are, how smart you are, how tall, you know, short, fat, skinny, whatever you are. Uh, caliber is kind of material. We get the most out of what you bring. You know, we've had guys show up with $400 packages and guys shows up with you know, group show up at twenty thousand dollar rifles. The idea is we're gonna, you know, run uh, get the most out of that the gear that you brought. So it's not a uh, a money thing with us. In other words, if you show up with a twenty thousand dollar gun, doesn't mean you're gonna outshoot the guy with that four hundred dollars Cabela's package. And uh, uh, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Depends on who's pulling the trigger, but uh, how good you do your calculations. So long range shooting is a math class, and that's the way I explain it to people. People don't, folks don't realize what it takes. It's it's basically a science in a way. Um, physics is a lot of it. You, uh, if you look at the physics, make sure you take all the physics that are, you know, the external ballistics, in other words, into into um, effect, into account. Yes, and uh, um, the bullet's going to do its job. You have to do yours. And sometimes you make a, you know, a, a mistake on a calculator or you know, pencil and paper, uh, or your mistake might be, you know, pulling the trigger a little bit more briskly than you than you should have. You know, and, um, causing some you know input to the rifle that throws that round. So it's a, a great learning curve, and uh, we enjoy that guy. We do a lot of different positions with the students. You know, we shoot off a bench, we shoot prone, we shoot off the hood of one of our range vehicles. You get to see different uh, positions, different uh, amounts of accuracy. So it builds confidence in that student also to say, you know, can I take the shot? I like to, when we talk about long range, I tell people, you know, if you're just getting into it, we call it the big five. And if you've been in this, you know, area for a while, you can be, you know, you can term it the big 25. What I mean by that is you've got, let's say, five factors that are always um, a list of five things that you need to worry about. So, for example, if you're going to shoot this white-tailed deer and he's walking between some trees, you know, the fundamentals are always on that list. That's one of the big five. They never, it's always the top of the list and never leaves. In other words, if you can't pull a trigger... Uh, have a good shooter position, things like that. Do your do your calculations right. The, you'll never hit what you're aiming at. But second of all, you might see one of the the top five or big five factors might be time frame. In other words, that deer is starting to tuck behind some trees. He's not going to sit out there for 20 minutes in that open field waiting for you to uh, get ready and do all your calculations. So time may be of the essence, and that so that might be in your list that day. If the wind's blowing 30 miles an hour, full value, in other words, a full, you know, side wind, um, you know, perpendicular to the, to the uh, axis of the shot, the bottom line is that would be something you have to factor in. Now, depending on the, the time of flight, how much time do you spend factoring that in? If you're shooting 50 yards in a 30-mile-an-hour wind, doesn't make much difference, especially if you have an acceptable 8-inch kill zone, we'll say, for example. And uh, But now if we're taking that same, same wind or we're shooting – you know, that 8-inch kill zone and we're shooting it at 500 yards, yeah, then the wind plays a big factor and we'll have to definitely do our calculations correctly and uh, and put that uh, input to our scope so we can uh, 
we can adjust for it accurately and, and make that shot. So Now, I want to touch on that. A lot of people I've seen in the class are very afraid to touch their scope. Why do you think that is? Well, advance out to that one, but there's a lot of reasons, yes. I think the number one is they, they have this magical thought that mm-hmm. physics doesn't change anywhere on Earth. And there's a lot of reasons why your ballistics, the physics behind the, where the round's going to go, uh, is going to change a lot. Uh, one of the easiest factors is just elevation. You change elevation, air density changes, uh, your zero is not going to be zero anymore. It's going to be off by a factor. That factor could be negligible, you know, depending on the hunting type situation. Uh, if you're going for competition in extreme long range, you know, you're talking close to a mile or even 1,500 yards or something like that, or they're doing uh, two-mile shots nowadays, uh, you better have every piece of your external ballistics calculation as close as possible. We're talking under 1% error on everything, you know, is the idea. So where I'm going with this is um, if you zero your gun here, you go out to Colorado, and you don't want to touch the scope because no nothing could have gone wrong with it, right? It couldn't have got dropped or bumped or, you know, something else happened there. Uh, and then, of course, the, the elevation you don't think makes as much of a difference. Uh, then you're going to start having these inaccuracies add up is what's going to happen. And for whatever reason, people are afraid to adjust the thing because they're afraid that if they adjust it, then it will be off. For instance, the scope isn't um, uh, accurate to its movements, or they'll forget where their original zero was, where they need to go from, uh, that sort of stuff. Uh, so it's, it's an interesting psychology almost behind uh, how paranoid people can get over this. Um, and we, we adjust all our stuff, you know, as far as that goes. I have had scopes where uh, you adjust it too much, and eventually it does lose um, its tracking, basically. It doesn't go back to where it originally was supposed to. Uh, and it's simple, um, uh, what do you want to say, test fire uh, proves how far off it really can be. <laughs> and so uh, we see that a lot more, obviously, on the lower end, you know, of the spectrum of, of the equipment. Um, but again, this can happen at any point in time. Uh, another thing people don't consider is, is like I said, the dropping and stuff like that in transport. Uh, we've got nice hard cases. Most people, uh, like a Pelican case is what we use, uh, they're very good that way. Most people come to our class, they've got a nice rifle and a soft, cheap case, right? I don't care how much the case costs you. If it's a soft case, your scope's getting bumped around. Things are going to be changing over time, especially on a couple thousand mile trip or a couple hundred mile trip to some other hunting zone. So... If you think your stuff's going to be accurate uh, when you get there, it might be close enough, or you might be unfortunate enough to completely miss, you know, in that situation. But, um, well, back to Ken's question on the scope, though. It uh, the scope is a tool. It's still different than grabbing a wrench out of your toolbox. You grab the correct wrench. I mean, when I grew up as a kid, we had metric American, and you use an American wrench or socket on an American bolt. You know, uh, you know, if you're into the metric stuff. Then you grab a millimeter and a wrench or socket and you use the appropriate size. Um, the tool works best when it's used properly. And so these guys are afraid to touch their scopes because, first of all, they don't understand what all these knobs and bells and whistles do. Some are just there for looks on certain models and uh, some aren't. And uh, uh, most of your scopes today, and, uh, they don't have to cost you three, four, five grand, but you spend good money on glass. In other words, anywhere from a couple hundred to you know, 1500 bucks on a piece of glass, uh, meaning a scope. And it's got some some neat features that will help you focus this thing, kind of tailor it to your individual eyesight. eyesight turn it, uh, it'll tailor it to your, you know, your um, the ability to, to uh, uh, how do you say, shoot this thing at a, at a given distance to deal with, you know, effects like Mirage. Uh, you've got a pile of adjustments on this scope that, are going to help you do your job. And 
folks are so afraid to touch these things because I think they just don't understand them. And, and that's a big thing in class we teach you uh, is what these dials do. You know, what's important, uh, what's not. And you'd be amazed at how, uh, if you want to give a guy a heart attack, walk over to him, you know, three hours into class and give the turret a spin. And that's an easy way to, you know, watch a jaw hit the ground. And they think they'll never get that scope back to where it was. Well, you should know how to adjust your scope, you know, uh, from wherever it, it uh, if you're sighted in for 100 yards or 200 yards, I should be able to turn every button on this thing, and you should be able to get it back to exactly where it was. That's part of it. Think about this driving a car, for example. Here's, here's kind of where I'm going with this. Now, I've got some folks I work with that are fairly short, okay? So I get in my truck, and my seat's right up against the freaking steering wheel, okay? And, uh, and I make fun of them, but, and the backrest of the seats change, the angles change. Well, it's my truck and I want my seat where I want it. I, I leave it in a certain position because it's comfortable for me, uh, whether it's a long ride or a short ride. And so you get in a, in a car and, you know, the, the steering wheel's up against your chest and that's not the way I'm going to drive this thing. Well, you know, certain cars have a button you can push and it'll return back with a memory to where driver one or driver two had it. And so... Uh, your scope is kind of the same way. It's one of those things where you don't borrow it to your friend. If if your friend is going to use your rifle for the weekend, he will probably adjust everything on it because his his eyesight, his body type, his position, uh, his needs are going to be different than yours. And so, you know, you're going to adjust that car seat for you. And uh, and if it's like an old baseball glove, you're going to want it in a very you know particular position. And so, um, it kind of falls into that where you know the scope is a tool. Use it to adjust, you know, uh, uh, use the tool to its maximum ability, and you'd be surprised at how much more enjoyable your experience is. You know, we can we can measure things in our scope. We can, in other words, estimate distance. We can estimate size of the of the uh, target, animal, person, whatever it may be. There's a lot of things you can do with scope. And uh, in our class, we, we touch on all these topics and get people measuring objects and understanding that this is a very useful tool and you're not going to hurt this thing. I mean, it's got little dials and, and things on it for a reason and markings so we can return this back to wherever we need to. And uh, this is also where your dope book comes in. We get people to understand what essentially what a dope book is and we give them a, a dope book to start out so they can start building their, their, uh, their basically it's a, it's a chart, I'll say, of, of the activities. In other words, every time you pull the trigger, it costs you, you know, say a buck or two between the training and the and around even a couple of bucks. So say every time you pull a trigger, it's two dollars. Every time you do that, you want to learn something from that. And your goal is to not throw two dollars down range every couple of minutes and and uh, with no thought process behind it. Um, we're spending good money. Let's get good data out of every round. To get good data out of that round, then we need to be able to write down what happened. You know, what was the air temperature? What was the uh, you know, what the box say? Well, the box predicted this, you know, this kind of a path with this gun, uh, this caliber, did it do it? And so we can basically build a, a trajectory chart, I'll say, and so we can in the future predict if I need to go, say, 500 yards, 200 yards farther than I'm shooting today, I should be able to predict a path. And, and then, you know, of course, there's a lot of things going to go into it, like Van said, ballistic coefficients. Uh, there's some amazing literature out there nowadays, and uh, Brian Litz is an expert on uh, this gentleman, if you ever want to research some some incredible uh, information, you know, you got some people in this in, in the world that are that are uh, you know over the top, uh, over the top of the chart, smart on this kind of stuff. And Litz would be one of those folks, Brian Litz, and 
check out his books. They're not cheap, but they're they're worth their weight in gold. And uh, and this guy spent you know literally millions of dollars for testing data, and which folks like us can use and try to check our you know and see if we're getting predictable results, for example. So a lot you can learn from it. But uh, biggest thing is the scope is a tool. Let's learn how to run this thing, get the most out of it, and no different. You know, your seat in your car, you want to adjust it for yourself, and so it's comfortable, it works, and it's not much different than the four-wheel drive. If I get stuck in the mud, I want to know how to put my truck in four-wheel drive, and is it a push button? Is it a, you know, manual four-wheel drive system? You know, and I, I, you know, learn how to run my vehicle or drive my vehicle, I learn how to run my scope, and uh, makes the experience so much more enjoyable when you realize, you know, I've got this magnificent tool sitting here, and a lot of guys spend a lot of money on some really cool stuff, but yet really don't know how to use it. So that's kind of where I was going with the scope thing. You want to add any of that, Vance? No, I don't think so. I think that uh, uh, that's pretty much what we're talking about as far as you want to know how to use your equipment. You want to know uh, how and what to adjust if you do have a uh, failure of some kind. And you want to know what pitfalls you have in your equipment for future purchases as well. Absolutely. All right, guys. <clears throat> where, if these people want to go take the uh, 750R challenge, where can they go? What class do they have to take? We're our first class that we do for any of the students coming to us is our uh, basic uh, precision rifle class. It's our, our first class. We have an advanced precision rifle class for our students is the idea. Uh, and that's uh, the first class focuses on the fundamentals of shooting, uh, basically accurate shot placements, how to follow through, how to recoil manage, all the fundamentals you need to do, how to press the trigger properly, uh, and how to do these consistently. And then we also focus on teaching you uh, calculations for external ballistics. So not only do you build a chart for your firearm up to the max distance you're capable of that day, uh, but you also uh, understand how to calculate this for future use uh, using those dope books, uh, things like that. The advanced class is all about basically shooting. We do a brief summary of the first class, uh, but you're expected to have knowledge of your external ballistics. You're expected to have some way to calculate uh, external ballistics um, uh, for the different shots you're going to be doing that day. And that class is a much faster-paced shooting uh, solution and, you know, I would want to say some pressure-based, some time-based, uh, some awkward shooting positions, just a mixture of different uh, combinations. So you can check out the website. We've got the full schedule on there. Uh, as far as that goes, we've got plenty of classes this year for Precision Rifle. Uh, we'll keep having them throughout the future. Uh, we do classes um, uh, almost all year round now at this point in time. Uh, the worst weather, we don't generally hit because uh, students don't want to do that. Uh, but we can schedule custom classes as well uh, around your date schedule. All right. If you're interested, go to pointblankguntraining.com, sign up for a class, take the 750-yard challenge. We'll see you guys next time.